All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and Valentine's Day. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello 
Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. My name is David Quadrelli, and joining me for a very special episode this week, one where we're probably going to butt heads a little bit, is Chris Faber. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. It's been a couple of awesome days for me in a row, and that doesn't happen very much uh, over the past couple of months, so I'm in a great mood. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's been it's been an awesome last 48 hours, and uh, I'm excited to get into this uh, into this fun episode, because we had a, we had a lot of fun last week. Uh, with Murph and Cheech, obviously, and if you guys haven't checked that out, go back. That conversation's amazing. Uh, and aside from us trying to fill some more time, now that we're going to be missing out on Corey uh, and our riding the bus segment, I- I'm excited for this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Me too. And if we're talking about you know exciting things that happened in the past 24 hours, Miranda Cosgrove, man, she follows me on Twitter. That was like, <laughs> man, that made my night. And it was funny because. Uh, I, I told Harmon and Harmon's my age. So he gets it. Like Harmon's like, yo, no way. And, uh, we were talking and he's like, yeah, like I was like, she's my celebrity childhood crush and probably still is my celebrity crush if I had to pick one. And he's like, she was everybody's celebrity crush. That's our age. And I was like, yeah. And then I messaged you. You're like, oh, is she the young girl from school of rock? I'm like, man, you're so old. Like that movie (laughs) came out when I was three years old. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, because when you messaged me, I was like, okay, I don't know who this person is at all, uh, but you're pretty excited about it. And then when I looked, uh, I googled her up, I was like, oh yeah, like this is the the young girl from School of Rock. And I was thinking like, this is a really weird um, girl to have a crush on. Uh, she's like the child in School of Rock. So I was like, okay, oh, I don't know what's going gosh. on with quads here. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm unaware that she was in, um, what was it, you said... I don't even know. iCarly was something? Yeah, iCarly's the big one. She was older in iCarly. She was like 21 when I was... Well, she's 27, so how old was I when she was in iCarly? But iCarly was, you know, one of the shows I watched that she was in. Drake and Josh was the other one. You you know I still watch Drake and Josh. Not so much for her. She's kind of a side character in that one. Mm. But, man, um, Drake and Josh, that is, that is classic Nickelodeon right there. And That's... you missed out on it. Well, you that's one of the it. shows where it's like, I think I was just too old to get into it. But I know that people around your age... Uh, they seem to love Drake and Josh. Like, it, it's the show for them. Like, for me, it was, you know, a lot of the Family Channel stuff, like Recess and Weekenders and, you know, Proud Ooh, okay. Family. I'm still on board there. Yeah, All those I'm ones were there. great, yeah. and that's that's kind of what I grew up with. But I missed the I missed the Drake and Josh and iCarly and, uh, like, yeah, yeah, those are the only ones I know. So it must be a big deal if those are the only ones I know, and I know that she's in both those shows uh, over the yeah. past 24 hours. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal, man. But, again, those ones you named were... Disney Channel shows. This is Nickelodeon. Like, hmm. Nickelodeon, I don't know, like, I think, no, Smart Guy was also Disney Channel, but, like, Smart Guy was before my time, but, you know, I got Disney Plus, so we were just, we watched all of Smart Guy. Me and my brother and my mom, we watched hmm. all of Smart Guy, and it is a fantastic show. Did you ever watch Smart Guy? Oh, yeah. Smart Guy was a, was a great one. Uh, Dude, yeah, just yeah. so many good shows on that family show. Like, I remember coming home, and it was just, like, the run of shows uh, in a row. I think it was, like, Weekenders at 3.40, because you get off school at 3, get home for 3.30, oh. Weekenders, Recess, uh, into Proud Family, uh, mm-hmm. into Lizzie yep. McGuire, and then into That's So Raven. And it was just like, there goes two hours every single day. And the best part was no commercials on Family Channel. That was the best yeah. part about it. I mean, aside yeah. from like in between oh. shows, uh, there was none. But like actually just when you sit down to watch a show and then you get that little seven minute break to go get your snacks, get yeah. uh, get your juice boxes, all that kind of stuff. It was a good setup the Family Channel had going on there. Oh excellent because you could go get some chores and like this is before the time of like dvrs and pausing right yeah. like you could go get some chores done you know you're you're getting told to wash the dishes you got seven minutes go 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 and that was man i miss those days i'm the world was simpler back then 
Oh, the amount of, like, the way that I got so fast at unloading the dishwasher, because that was the thing you had to do when you got home from school, right? It was like, unload the yeah. dishwasher. So yeah. between weekenders and recess, that's when me and my brother would just rip in there. He was on the silverware, I was on the rest, and we'd be out and back in time for recess every single time. Man, you know, you and I were just talking about my nonno, so I have to share a story uh, about him with, with all of this. Nonno means grandpa in Italian, for those that don't know. So or my or grandpa... Italians say no-no when you try and bring dominoes to them. <laughs> good one um my grandpa you know really close with him as you know so he used to babysit my brother and i when my brother was in like kindergarten and i was how old would i have been like th- three or four probably or five maybe yeah let's say five and frankie was in like you know uh like he was like seven or eight whatever uh he would babysit us and we would like channel surf and like my grandpa had all the channels and usually it was like italian soap operas but one thing my grandpa was always really good about was whatever we wanted to watch like he would watch it and it was it was awesome because we had him like watching hannah montana and he would laugh like i'm not sure if he actually found it funny but my grandpa would watch whatever we wanted so one day he's in the kitchen preparing lunch and frankie and i are just you know uh channel surfing and we're just looking through all the channels whatever we can't find anything to watch it's probably about you know like 11 in the morning and usually like the weekenders drake and josh iCarly or not iCarly i guess at that time but like drake and josh and all that other good stuff like the weekenders recess that would all start around one o'clock and then it would go till about five so that was like our prime time right but you know we were there in the morning wasn't much to watch and we flipped to this show called jerry springer and we're just like we don't know what it is so we're watching it and my grandpa just walks in with like fruit or whatever he had for us for lunch he's like hey what are you guys watching and Frankie and I are like, uh, we don't know. Like, it's called Jerry Springer. And my nono just starts laughing. He's like, oh, you, you know, watch that show. And then he just, like, changes the channel. And we got stuck watching, like, Italian cartoons. And neither my brother or I speak Italian. So it was really funny because he was just, yeah, that was that was the one time my grandpa put his foot down and made us watch Italian educational cartoons, which we did not understand in the slightest. It was, well, uh, it was a fun time. <laughs> Well, I'm glad he put the foot down on Jerry Springer because Maury is much better television, by the way. If you're looking for similar type of television shows, I would I would remember watching so much Maury uh, when I was like 18 and 19 years old. And I lived in a house with like four other guys uh, and we all kind of just worked at like fast food restaurants at the time or, or restaurants and stuff. And we all worked like night shifts. So guys would all wake up and Jerry Springer and, and Maury would be on at like 11 and we would watch Maury like every single day. Uh, that and like random like kitchen nightmares and shows like that. They were a lot of fun. So yeah, those, wow. I'll tell you, it's good television. And yeah, having the amount of good channels was a great move. It's a great grandparent move to have a ton of channels uh, when yes. the kids go over there. hundred percent. And yeah, it was, it was just a great time, but you know, people didn't tune in to listen to, to, to me talk about my grandpa. People came here for a debate, Chris. So I think it's time that we <laughs> lay out. I wish we had a producer so we could play some fun game show music or debate music. I, I have think it's some. time we... Do you? I do, but I'm not going to edit it in because you're editing this week. So, no music. Okay, okay. No music. Yeah, I'm not I'm not editing it. <laughs> so, uh, just laying it out for people. We're going to start off with, what did we say, Chris? Like two and a half minutes each? Yeah, two minutes, give or take. We'll give you a 30-second yeah, bonus I won't, or, or uh, minus. I won't, uh, you know, buzz you out when you're midway through a sentence. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, you can't, you can't talk anymore. So, what's going to happen? Uh, Chris is going to give the incorrect take that Jacob Markstrom was the MVP of the Canucks season this year. Hmm. I am going to give the correct take that Elias Pettersson was, in fact, 
the most valuable player for the Canucks. Uh, there's also a case, actually, I guess I'll get into it when I'm actually talking about it, but we're going to give our opening statements, then we're going to cut to break. You're going to hear that Manscaped ad that I get so many people DMing me about saying, oh, this is awesome. You're going to hear from Parallel 49 Brewing, which I don't think I mentioned is the presenting sponsor of this podcast, something You're I bad struggle at that, with. Eh? I, I, yeah, I am. Uh, so <laughs> we love Parallel 49 Brewing Company. They are the presenting sponsor. You're also going to hear from Zephyr Epic and Manscaped in that. But Chris, why don't, you know what, why don't you just start it off with your opening two minutes of your debate well before we get started i'm going to give you the opportunity to defend yourself uh from what we saw on twitter uh over the past 24 hours Uh, i don't know (laughs) how you haven't mentioned that yet because some of these things that were coming out about you quads do not look good for your argument for petterson oh my gosh okay so for those that don't know because there was a lot those are fake tweets chris and mr booth who's also okay no 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 you said that markstrom was mvp yeah, in like what? November? Yep. Yeah, November. Hey. Then the whole season played out. Trying to call me Dude. out on fake tweets. You're the one out here deleting them. I can't even go back and find it now. I did, I did I that's a fake tweet. I don't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, that one the Markstrom is MVP was a real tweet. Yes. But but I also wrote an article for Canucks Army. I'm not sure how you didn't point at that in December saying in the first half of the season Jacob Marshall was the Canucks MVP. They'll need him to be that in the second half of the season. Well, I have this in my notes, but yes, I won't. Uh, you have won't that in your notes. I just I'll stole your thunder. Out. Oh man! Oh no! Chris is Chris is starting to sweat. He's starting to go to his Modern Warfare Two lobby days. That's what he, that's what he said. People, he said if he starts losing the debate, he's just gonna start. Uh, he's gonna start throwing profanities out there. We might have put an E on this episode, depending yeah. how it goes. But no, I apologize to your mother days. in advance if if I go back down the Modern <laughs> Warfare Two uh, lobby days. I just want to tell Mama Quads that I'm sorry for anything that comes out of my mouth in the next Buddy, uh, half. You an watch hour it. Here. You watch it. No lasagna for you, okay? <laughs> Pastor Amore will have me covered. That's for sure. No free ads. They, they don't. Even, they don't even have lasagna. Man, we gotta try and get them to sponsor us. No, like we yeah, go there so sure. often. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, excited to get back uh, there. I know, me too, and we're going to very soon. I'm very excited. They just opened for dine-in, um, mm. which is which is very exciting. But uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, we have a little debate to get to. So, Chris, are you ready to give your opening statement? Absolutely. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to Julia Foy and Brian Weeb, two, um, two of my teachers at BCIT that helped me write these things out and learn how to present an argument. Uh, <laughs> you also had these two teachers as well for the exact same two classes, but you've decided to wing it on your own. Uh, so the only difference is mine. I hope I don't slip up on this because I feel like two minutes without messing up one word is not going to happen. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say thanks to uh, Brian and Julia for proofreading this. I'm like, wait, what? You got them to help you with this? Oh, I talked to enough enough other people to help me here, so I think I'll I'll be okay. Oh, he needs help. See, I don't need help to prove my argument because it's the correct take. But anyways, right. continue. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Whatever. All right. I will begin my <laughs> opening statement now. I can't argue that Elias Pettersson didn't have an amazing season, but I will prove in this that Jacob Markstrom is the Canucks MVP. The Merriam-Webster definition of most valuable player is the player who contributes the most to his or her team's success. Now I'd like to begin my opening statement with a quote. Hockey is a team game, but goaltenders have proven time and time again to have a larger effect on a team's success than any other player. Do you know where that quote comes from, Dave? No. It comes from David Quadrelli's article for Canucks Army on January 11th. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Tom okay, Brady, continue, continue. Michael Jordan, Jacob Markstrom. What do these three men have in common? They are all MVPs. 
Jacob Markstrom contributed the most to the Canucks' success this season. He single-handedly won games on a team that was near the bottom of the league at controlling shot share. In 40% of Jacob Markstrom's starts, he faced 35 or more shots. Through those games where Jacob Markstrom faced 35 or more shots, the Canucks were 13-4-0. 22 goalies played in over 40 games this season. So I'd say roughly that's like 22 established for sure starters in the NHL. Out of those 22 starters, Jacob Markstrom was bombarded at 5-on-5 this season. He faced the most shots per 60 minutes, 34 shots per 60 minutes, and made the most saves per 60 minutes, 31 shots per 60 minutes, while also being in the top five for the closest average shot distance against. And the best thing that I saw from Jacob Marks from this season, he did not give up any bad goals. And I want to make this clear. He did not give up one bad goal this season. He was the best goaltender in the league in that regard. Jacob Markstrom did not give up one clear sight goal this season. Thank you, Kevin Woodley, for that stat. The Canucks were three, five, and eight in the, sorry three and five in their last eight games without Jacob Markstrom, including two losses to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who were missing half their roster from opening night. Jacob Markstrom was fourteen, five, and one in his last twenty games. Did the Canucks even make the playoffs without Markstrom? If the season would have continued on, it's as you said, David. Goaltenders have proven time and time again to have a larger effect on a team's success than any other player. And through this debate, I will prove that Jager Markstrom's magnificent performance this season is even better than you think and more worthy of him having being named the most valuable player of the Vancouver Canucks this season. End of statement. That is excellent. I'm proud of you. That was really good, actually. I'm like, I'm actually pretty proud of you. But there's a lot too. of flaws in your argument, so let me just pick you apart, okay? <laughs> so, I'm just going to start off with mine, I guess. You know, I'll give my rebuttal during the actual debate. But this is basically all I have to say about this debate. The Canucks defense wasn't great this season. Everybody knows that. I'm not going to tell you that Jacob Markstrom wasn't vital to the Canucks' success this season. But I am going to tell you that Elias Pettersson was more vital-er than Markstrom was. Okay? Undoubtedly, their All-Stars first-line center, Elias Pettersson, was the team's MVP. Not only was he putting up points at a higher rate than his Calder-winning rookie season, but he also took major steps in his defensive game, something our head coach, Travis Green, loves. Green talked about how he's trusting PD more and more to play big matchups and simply outwill his opponents on any given night. We saw it against the Islanders toward the end of the season when he matched him up against Matt Barzell. Green is talking about how Pedersen is going to be a superstar and he's already reaching that status at a mere 21 years of age, Chris. 21, okay? Canucks fans have a history of giving the MVP award to the wrong person. Redeem freaking Verbata got it in 2017. The Twins, the Sedin Twins, you know those guys whose jerseys are in the rafters? They got it twice each. Naslund, a near point-per-game player in 2005-06, lost out to, look at it, a goaltender, Alex freaking Ald, and his 902 save percentage. And since we're on the topic of Naslund, their new young star who led the team in scoring in the 1999-2000 season, what happened to him, Marcus Naslund, that season? Who did he lose out to? Take a guess, Chris. Mark freaking Messier. Compete is in our nature, the team says, but apparently so is allowing the fans to award the team MVP to the wrong player and that Chris is my opening argument and it's about to get very very hot in here because you picked up a lot of stuff and I want to I want to add something that I didn't really put in my notes here's the thing you know that I'm somebody who it's it's funny that we're even having this debate because 
you really like Pedersen usually. And I've always been the one that's telling people like, no, guys, Jacob Markstrom is better than you think. And I've been saying it for so, so long. Like, you know, I used to play goalie. I feel for goaltenders. Like, I stand by that quote. A goaltender's impact to his team is huge. And Markstrom was great this season. He was vital to their success. But again, to say that he was more important than Elias Pettersson is just wrong. And I will tell you why in this argument. But I want to point out before we move on. There is a real case for Elias Patterson to be a top three, hands down a top five candidate for the Hart Trophy. One of the most valuable players in the league. I'm of the opinion that there's a there's a serious case for Markstrom to be in the top three of Vesna voting. But guess what, Chris? He's not going to be. Nobody else is seeing what we're seeing. We know that Markstrom's valuable, but... Markstrom's not even in the heart conversation. The fact that Elias Pettersson is up for most valuable player in the entire league, and you're not ready to say that he was the most valuable player on his team, well, that, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, is just blasphemous. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith quote. That's great. It's only you would have stood by your own quote, which was that goaltenders <laughs> have proven time and time again to have a larger effect on a team's success than any other player. That would have been a little bit better if you would have stuck to your word, I guess, a little bit, but... I I agree. I know that Jacob Markstrom is got to be up for the Vesna. I think that has to be 100%. some of the some of the advanced statistics that I spoke with when when you know reading some of Kevin Woodley's work, talking to yeah. Kevin Woodley, some of the stuff that comes up there is absolutely ridiculous. And I'll get into that probably in the second half of this after the ads. Yeah. But I just want to mention that Jacob Markstrom has won more games single handedly for this Vancouver Canucks team than anybody else on this roster. The times where he just absolutely robbed a game. I think of the game against Carolina, 43 save shutout. I think about the game on Sedin night against the Chicago Blackhawks quads where you couldn't stop chanting Marky, Marky, Marky when he made 49 saves in a shutout somebody against the Blackhawks. Do, do you remember those chants, quads? Yeah, somebody had to do it. Nobody appreciates goaltenders enough. Exactly. They were great chants because he was the MVP. And you know what rhymes with Marky? Not, MVP rhymes with Marky. <laughs> And I just want to say, what? like, Markstrom <laughs> was completely dominated this year. I mentioned it in the opening statement. The amount of shots that he was given up this year was ridiculous. The amount of tough shots that he was given up and, you know, high danger scoring chances against. He's played himself into a role of being in the conversation, not for the heart. Because I don't know if, if Pedersen's in that conversation either. I don't know if he's in the conversation for the oh, heart in the NHL. No, 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 Chris, There's enough no. players. And if you want to just go ahead and say that, that you know, McKinnon is the same amount of a difference maker than Elias Pettersson right now in this past season, you're probably wrong. Guys like McKinnon, guys like Panarin, guys like, you know, uh, Pasternak, these guys are making a huge difference on their teams on on a nightly basis for ooh, sure. Ooh, ooh. And I oh, know that man. goaltenders on this Vancouver Canucks team specifically have to make that difference every single game to keep the Canucks relevant. And I just, I see that the, the Canucks were 29th this year. When giving up scoring chances. You look at the other goalies that are going to be in the conversation for the Vesna, Rask, Bishop, Vasilevsky. All of those teams in Boston, Dallas, and Tampa are in the top half of the league at limiting scoring chances. So Jacob Markstrom not only is a guy who's facing more, he's almost facing, you know, he's in the bottom three of the league. They're 29th in the league when giving up scoring chances. And Jacob Markstrom's still able to keep the Canucks head above water more than any other player on this team. That, that's it? That's all you got? I got plenty more. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, 
I mean, I want to ask you something, but I guess I'll ask you on the other side of the break. So we will cut to our ads here from our friends at Parallel 49 Brewing, Zephyr Epic, and Manscaped, and then I will completely dismantle Chris Faber. You are listening to the Canucks Conversation. Hey guys, just want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Parallel 49 Brewing. Check out them on social media all over the place, at Parallel49Beer. And how does tequila barrel-aged blackberry sage sour sound on any given day? I think it sounds pretty damn good. It's one of their newest beers that they just released. Just released this past Friday. Um, I'm excited to test this one out. It's a cork and cage release available in their tasting room and through their online store for delivery. If you guys haven't checked out the tasting room yet, it's 1950 Triumph Street. Or a lot of their information is available on their website as well. And you can find all that information on their social media like I mentioned earlier at Parallel49Beer. So go out and try that and let me know if you get a chance to uh, to sample this Blackberry Sage Sour because just like all of Parallel's beers, this one sounds delicious. Zephyr Epic is Canada's source for trading card games and sports cards. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50 before taxes. And Canucks Conversation podcast listeners can save $5 off their order with promo code CanucksConvo. That's all one word, promo code CanucksConvo. You can shop online or at their retail store located in Surrey. Once again, that was Zephyr Epic. You can follow them on social media to be part of monthly contests and ticket giveaways. Search Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms. Fellas, Manscaped is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their lawnmower 3.0 with cutting-edge ceramic blades to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. You'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Yes, you heard that right get 20% off and free shipping with promo code canucks combo at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code canucks combo make playing with your balls the best part of your day thanks manscaped all right i decided to bring us back from break here because i'm tired of the little cheap shots that's being thrown my way as quads is hosting uh and i wanted to have a nice civil debate because i do believe that jacob markstrom is the most impactful player on the vancouver canucks roster this year and it shows. I mean, this Canucks team was dominated almost every single game. How much were they outshot this year? How many games did Jacob Markstrom single-handedly keep them in throughout the games that he was outshot in? A lot. I, I, I don't disagree with you there, man. Exactly. How many games did Elias Pettersson go out there and single-handedly win for the Vancouver Canucks? I'd put it about 20. 20? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. That's exactly the amount of numbers that Kevin Woodley provided with me from how many games that Jacob Markstrom got them ahead of the other team compared to another goaltender when they were outshot as well. So it's mm-hmm. an interesting stat that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. Are, you I mean, ready? Are you ready for mine? Sure, whatever you got, man. I've got this a very a simple, all you simple want. question for you, Chris. I'm not even going to rebuttal that because what you just said is fact. Like, I don't, I don't disagree with you that Jacob Markstrom's a like top two goaltender in the league. I'm, I don't disagree with that. I don't at all. But mm-hmm. here's a very simple stat, Chris. Or stat? What am I saying? Here's a very simple question for you, Chris. You're looking now. You have hindsight on your side. You're looking at the start of the year. Who would you rather have for the whole season? One of these guys is going to have to sit out the whole season. Okay? One of them. 
who would you pick to sit out the entire season? Knowing what we know about who would have to replace who, who would you rather have sitting out the entire season? Elias Pettersson or Jacob Markstrom? From a watching point of view or from a trying to make the playoffs point trying of view? To make That's the, playoffs. the question. Trying to make the playoffs. You already have hindsight on your side. Who do you think gives you a better chance to win if you have one of them for the whole season? So for this past season yep. that we just yep. saw. You have hindsight on your side. Remember, remember what you said about Jacob Markstrom played. being so great? Just say Markstrom. <laughs> okay, Jacob Markstrom, in the past 69 games that the Canucks just played in. Yep. I would I would think that Jacob Markstrom in the lineup would be better for the Vancouver Canucks getting to the playoffs than having Elias Pettersson in. I was hoping you'd say that. So, now, here's what we have here. Okay, so when it comes to making the playoffs, what do you need to get into the playoffs? It's wins, right? Mhm. Okay. Jacob Markstrom's winning percentage this season was 53.49%, okay? What was Thatcher Demko's win percentage? Including this is including those terrible games he played in March. Horrible games. 52%. So Demko kept them above water when he was given the chance and had to play in goal. Here's the thing that I'll say about his little March stretch where he was god-awful. I talked to him about that. You know, we're on these Zoom calls. You're on those now, by the way. Congratulations. I'm very excited for you on that. Yes, yes. Thank you. Back to the debate. <laughs> Thatcher Demko said himself, he said... You know, I struggled a lot in March, but again, if I had that same opportunity to be the starter in January when the games maybe didn't mean quite as much, I think I would have performed better. And as you know, and I know, he said, I feel like I was just getting comfortable and heating up when we got into the COVID break, if you will. Hmm. So you have a whole season as Thatcher Demko as your starter. You can probably guess that he's going to keep you at about the same level that Jacob Markstrom did. Now, wow. uh, hands down, he's gonna be. there's going to be a few less wins in there. Don't get me wrong. He's not going to steal quite as many games. But Thatcher Demko played pretty well this season, and you and I both know that. You and I are both Thatcher Demko supporters. Don't even start with me on that. Now you take Elias Pettersson out of that lineup. What happens, Chris? Tell me what your lineup looks like without Elias Pettersson. What's your first line? First line, you're probably going with JT Miller, um, Brock Besser, and, well, I mean, like, do we have Tyler Toffoli at this nope, point or no? Nope, nope, we do okay, not. Then probably Jake Vertanen has to go up and play there. Wow. And you're, you're going you're gonna to tell me that that is, that is a lineup that can get you to the playoffs. That first line can get you to the playoffs. If a goaltender drags you there, possibly. Oh, my gosh. Don't even start. Okay, okay. So, with that being said, one thing I want to point out, and this is a stat you provided me with. Jake, or not Jacob Markstrom. Elias Pettersson. Made everybody on the ice. Every time he was on the ice, he made them better. He made JT Miller better. He made Quinn Hughes better. So a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you guys are talking about the MVP. And I think you and I both agree the MVP is not JT Miller or Quinn Hughes, even though we really like both of those players. I love the energy JT Miller brings. I love that he can kill penalties efficiently. The reason that he's not in that conversation is it's not a coincidence that JT Miller had a career year playing on Elias Pettersson's line. Elias Pettersson scored 10 goals at the start of his rookie year with Nikolai Goldobin and Louis the Anchor Erickson on his line, Chris. That doesn't just happen. That is what happens when you are a very valuable player. When you are, if you will, the most valuable player on your team. You make everybody around you better. I'm not willing to say that JT Miller makes absolutely everybody around him better. Does JT Miller make Jake Vertanen better? No. Does JT Miller make Elias Pettersson better? Yes. But I think in terms of who impacts who more, I think Elias Pettersson makes literally everybody better. 
And I'm willing to die on this hill because without Elias Pettersson, you just mentioned how atrocious that first line looks. We don't even have to go down the lineup to know what what effect that has if you don't if you have to have Jake Vertanen on your first line with Brock <laughs> Besser and Miller in the center like this team is nowhere near the playoffs man and you know what it's great that Markstrom stops the pucks it's awesome but you need to score goals to win games and this team would just flat out be incapable of doing that it, it's it's a fact and if I'm looking at it from that point of view and I'm saying who are the Canucks going to be without for a whole season and still have a chance to make the playoffs it's Markstrom because again Demko kept them at a respectable level. They'd have to play better defense for him. Hopefully that would happen. But he kept them at a good level. And when it comes to goals saved above average, it ranks 11th, Chris. That's 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 not great. What ranks what ranks 11th? Markstrom's. His goal saved above average. Hmm, okay. Well, Thatcher Demko had a goal saved uh, above average, it was actually below. The same amount that Jacob Markstrom was over for the Vancouver Canucks, Thatcher Demko was below that. And that's not even looking at the games where Thatcher Demko was forced to be a starter. When Jacob, when Thatcher Demko was forced into the role of being the starter and assuming that, when Jacob Markstrom was heading back to Sweden or near the end of the year when he was injured, that's when Thatcher Demko had a losing record. 40% of the games they got wins in in those games. So... Thatcher Demko is not going to step in as a starter right now on this team and ride them into the playoffs. Even if Elias Pettersson puts up 50 goals, it's not going to be good enough to drag Thatcher Demko in net in front of this team. And to think about that, you're going to bring in a backup who's going to have to play in a similar amount of games as Thatcher Demko. Demko played in 27 games this year, so let's say the backup for Thatcher Demko has to play in 20. You're not throwing Mikey DiPietro into that spot because he's not ready at all. Louis Domingue's not going to drag this team to wins. I mean, I know he got 11 straight with the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple <laughs> years ago, but that's because they had Tampa Bay in front of them. Oh, yeah. So you're going to put a worse backup goaltender than Thatcher Demko behind him, and you're going to think that this team's going to make it to the playoffs without them? That is absolutely ridiculous. He had a losing record, like I mentioned, when he was the starter. He was good in spots when Jacob Markstrom was carrying most of the load. Thatcher Demko's just not ready right now to be a starter on this team, and that's why they need to lock down Markstrom next year as well simply because he was the most valuable player to this Vancouver Canucks team right now. And moving forward, they want to continue what they're doing right now this season and continue to build on that. And they need a goaltender like Jacob Markstrom to be able to continue on with it because Thatcher Demko simply isn't ready to hop up into a starter role on this team. And if you think that he would have been able to play in 65, 60 games for this Vancouver Canucks team and be able to to have you know a positive record when he's facing upwards of 35 to 45 shots per game. He's just not ready for that. And that's why Jacob Markstrom's more valuable than than pretty much anyone else on this team. And not pretty much. He is more valuable than anyone on this team. He's more valuable than Thatcher Demko. I'll give you that. And he is more valuable than JT Miller. I'll give you that too. He's more valuable than Quinn Hughes. I'll give you that too. But Chris, you have to look at it from what the trickle-down effect is. If Elias Pettersson's not on this team, there's absolutely no way. And might I add that the Canucks aren't even in the playoffs yet. They weren't good enough to get to the playoffs with Jacob Markstrom all season long, basically. Like, this this wasn't a chance. Like, they did not make the playoffs yet. They haven't done it yet. I'm, you know, I'm hoping just as much as you that Elias Pettersson, Jacob Markstrom, Quinn Hughes, and GT Miller, the core guys of this team, can really show up in the playoffs. And, you know, we've been doing the preparing for the Wild series at Canucks Army, and that's showed that really they should be able to win this series. It won't be a cakewalk, but again, like, they're going to need goaltending. They're going to need 
their forwards to be as good as they were this season. And it starts with Elias Pettersson, like making everybody around you better. Again, like the strides he took in his defensive game when people were worried about a sophomore slump because he wasn't hitting the net at the start of the year. Pettersson just said, screw your sophomore slump. I'm going to go out and do literally everything. And he did. Pettersson was this team's MVP. Again, the trickle down effect of not having him around. He's, when you look at value, okay. When you look at value, I got to relax here. When you look at value, you're looking at what the player brings to the team, again, as opposed to what the guy right behind him is bringing to the team. And again, like, what does this team look like if JT Miller has to center that first line and he doesn't have Elias Patterson on his wing or vice versa, whatever. A lot of people think JT Miller's the center, whatever, what have you. Again, Jake Vertanen on the first line, really? We're comfortable with that to make the playoffs? Dude, it's, it's not happening. And again, even with Elias Patterson and with Jacob Markstrom, They didn't even make the playoffs. Like, they didn't make it yet. They have to do a play-in because they didn't make the playoffs. I'm of the opinion that they would have because they were getting Jacob Markstrom back and they they were getting all of their guys back. I was hoping we would see Josh Levo. That's not even going to happen for the play-in. Again, like, this team had what it takes, but they couldn't get it done at the end of the day. They didn't make the playoffs, and that's a fact. So, when we talk about... Oh, this guy brought this value. If this team lost Elias Pettersson at any time this year, do you can you imagine the impact it would have? Their power play wouldn't be one of the best in the league. They're at five on five, that first line that was one of the best in the league, the lotto line. They wouldn't even be close to that. Like, we wouldn't be talking about having the best line in the NHL the minute you take Elias Pettersson off that line. JT Miller doesn't have a career year. Quinn Hughes likely doesn't have the same year that he had. And again, like... You look at everybody he played with, like, he made literally everybody better, except for, who would you guess, Jake Vertanen. That was the only guy that Elias Pettersson struggled to make better, because they just didn't mesh well together. But again, even then, he still made Jake better. So, I look at value, Chris, and I see that Elias Pettersson is much more important to this team. And I'll ask you this, knowing what we know about this season, if you can only bring one back, age aside, you can only bring one back. Do you bring back Elias Pettersson or do you bring back Jacob Markstrom? Who's more valuable to this team? To this team, you bring back Elias Pettersson. He's more, having him in your organization is better than having Jacob Markstrom in your organization. I'll, I'll say that. And I think that what you're saying with, with this trickle-down effect that you keep mentioning here, it's pretty obvious to look that the trickle-down effect with the goaltending would have been much worse than it would have been when taking no, Elias no, Pettersson no. out of the forward group. No. Yes, it is. it's a huge drop-off going down from what you have to deal with with Thatcher Demko as a full-time starter than what you have to do with Jacob Markstrom. With the Canucks and Jacob Markstrom in net, they were a plus 13. They scored 130 goals and allowed 117. When Jacob Markstrom is not in the net, the Canucks were outscored 97 to 94. That's a negative three rate on the plus minus or whatever you want to call it. That's that's simple math to show you right there. A huge example of it. And that's when they're consistently getting outshot, which was at a higher percentage with Jacob Markstrom in that as well. And I just... I, the trickle-down effect thing is, is ridiculous to me because that is such a drop-off when you're going from Jacob Markstrom to take that huge step down to Thatcher Demko. It's one little single player swap that you're making a huge difference to the team. When I, I know that losing Elias Pettersson from the lineup is huge. It would be the worst thing right now. You know, I'd, I'd continue writing about the damn avalanche probably with Denver sports if we lost Elias Pettersson. But the the drop-off isn't as big as it is when you take away Jacob Markstrom, who's been the team's MVP throughout the season. So here's what I'll say about that. If you take away Jacob Markstrom and Thatcher Demko's thrust into the starter's role, as he was... 
he's going to start to learn how to be a starter. And that's what we started to see toward the end of that stint as a starter. He's confident in it. Ian Clark is confident in it. I know that you know that when a starter gets a chance to become a starter, a backup, sorry, when a backup starts to get a chance, and especially when he's as young as Demko is, like, Demko needs the experience, man. We talked about it so many times on this very podcast. Demko started to get that experience, and all of a sudden, look what happened near the end. Demko was starting to look like a legitimate NHL starter, and he was looking like he could keep up that 52% win percentage, which, by the way, was only 1.5% less than the wins that Markstrom got for the Canucks. Again, this is including those horrible games he played in March. So when you take into account that he would have a full season to be a starter, right, what's JT Miller going to do having a full season to be a full-time center in the first line and having to carry all the load? Not as much as what Thatcher Demko is going to do. Again, Demko's 24. Like, I'm not trying to say that Jacob Markstrom wasn't vital to their success. I'm saying that Elias Pettersson was vital-er. Like, there's absolutely no way that you can tell me that without Elias Pettersson, this team is having two guys who are on pace to score 80 points like they were. There's no way you can tell me that Quinn Hughes is going to be in the exact same Calder conversation. Quinn Hughes is a great player, but again... A lot of his a lot of his success came when Elias Pettersson was on the ice. There's no way you can tell me this team is going to have a top 5 power play in the league without Elias Pettersson. You can't tell me that. And again, I'm going to say it like the penalty kill was helped a lot by Jacob Markstrom. Like a lot of people like to prop up Jay Beagle and all these guys that they have as these outstanding penalty killers. No, the best penalty killer for the Canucks was Jacob Markstrom. I'm not trying to say he wasn't valuable. It's like almost like a 1A, 1B thing when I think of the MVP of this team. Markstrom was super important. But again, Elias Pettersson made literally everybody on the ice better. And that includes Jacob Markstrom. When the puck's not in their end, when it's usually not because Elias Pettersson's on the ice and he has the puck in the offensive zone with his line mates around him, Jacob Markstrom doesn't have to make any saves. So when we look at value, Chris, when we look at value, we have to take into account that again, the replacements without Pettersson, Hughes likely doesn't have the year he has and neither does JT Miller. Oh man, I'm just, you know, I'm just remembering now, like looking back at all these games and just thinking how many times it went through my mind where I'd say, man, where would the Canucks be without Jacob Markstrom right now? Where would they be without Jacob Markstrom when he makes these ridiculous saves, when he is just getting bombarded with shots and he's just making miraculous save after miraculous save and standing strong all year long. As I mentioned in the opening statement, he didn't give up one goal this year that was a clear sight shot on him. That is ridiculous. Tuka Rask gives up those. Connor Hellebuck gives up those. That's why I think Jacob Markstrom has a lot of stats that should make him the number one goaltender in the league, and he should win the Vesna. And we're looking at other goaltenders that are getting these heart conversations. I know Rask has been in there. Hellebuck's been talked about a little bit as well in there. Absolutely It, it makes a lot of sense, I think, for Jacob Markstrom to be the best goaltender in this league right now. When you look at some of these ridiculous stats behind it, Jacob Markstrom, this, this is another one that I got from Woodley. 34 different pieces of data is what they use. It's a different thing that it's a way that kind of looks at different shots. This includes cross ice passes before shots, screenshots. Basically, it it simply just finds the quality of shots. When you take that into consideration, Jacob Markstrom actually ranks first in the league in save percentage above expected. It's, It's something that he's doing to this team that we just haven't seen a goaltender do since pretty much Roberto Luongo. Like this, this is the yeah. cal- the caliber of goaltender that we're seeing on this Canucks team right now. 
And I think that without Jacob Markstrom, and you're going to put in Thatcher Demko in that spot, that's a huge, huge drop-off. It's a bigger drop-off for me than you're having taken Pedersen off that first line. Because you said, what's JT Miller do in a full year if he has to jump into the first-line center? JT Miller is going to do a better job as a first-line center than Thatcher Demko would be in the first starting goaltender position, I guess. And that's a like the fact that you can take away Jacob Markstrom. You see how many games he simply won this year. Looking at some of these wins where he had 40 shots against them, there's so many. It's almost hard to count them all here when I'm looking at the list in front of me. I mean, getting 40 shots on you as a goaltender, you know how busy of a night that is? That's a shot pretty much, that's more than a shot every two minutes that you have to face. And like I mentioned earlier, he is facing the hardest shots against. He's facing the most difficult shots, the most cross-ice passes to him. He's fifth in the league at facing for the depth of shot coming at him. So the length of shots are very close that he's facing. And he's got a high danger save percentage that's, I think, third in the league looking at some of these guys. And I just, I don't see how taking Jacob Markstrom off this team gets them into the playoffs at all. I don't think they're anywhere near the playoff conversation. They're probably, you know, they're wondering who they're going to draft for their first round pick if Jacob Markstrom's not on this team. I would say that they're even worse without Elias Patterson. That's what I'll say. Because again, JC Miller, yeah, we look at it. Yeah, he's going to have maybe a little more success than Thatcher Demko would at the start of the year. But again, you give Thatcher Demko that time to learn and grow into the role, which he was starting to get toward the end. He was playing in the toughest games of the year that the Canucks had to play in. He was playing those games and toward the end, he started showing up and he started being very good for them. Again, like, man, I know goaltenders are important, but Elias Pettersson is more important to this team. And, you know, you and I, I'll die on this hill that Markstrom is one of, if not the best, in the best goaltender in the entire league. And I think it's absolute BS that the GMs vote on it because, no offense to GMs, but I don't think they know what they're talking about if Jacob Markstrom's not even in this conversation. The only people talking about Jacob Markstrom for the Vezina are people in Vancouver who watch him every night. And we have, you know, we have access to the stats because we have Kevin Woodley in Vancouver. Like, you're right. You're totally right. Like, it's absolute blasphemy. That's the second time I've used that. That Jacob Markstrom isn't in this conversation. He totally should be. But again, when it comes to the MVP, who is most valuable to their team, it's without a doubt Elias Pettersson, man. Like, I, this team without Pettersson is just so substantially worse. Like, it, it's not... like. It's, I, I want to say it's not even close, but you've brought up some really good points. So maybe it is a little closer than a lot of people on Twitter seem to think. Like, putting out, it's not even close, doesn't really work. You have to actually have the conversation. I think now that we're having this conversation, it's more and more likely that, yeah, it's a 1A, 1B sort of thing. You take away either of these guys, the Canucks aren't making the playoffs. They didn't even make the playoffs with both of them, first it's of all. a good point. You know, we, we are arguing against each other. If you take away either one of these two, they're oh, not in the playoffs yeah. for sure. We can't start agreeing. No, sure. we, we tend to do that when we're doing no, the actual yeah, show. No, don't, don't start not doing agreeing that. with me. Um, not this show. But you keep talking about Thatcher Demko turning around at the end of the year in this little starting role that he had. In the last six games, he goes two and four. He plays against some ru- some rough teams like Ottawa, uh, you know, Columbus, the Islanders. I mean, some of these teams you should be winning against. He has he puts up a 903 save percentage. How is he becoming a starter in the final few games of the year here? He was settling in. He was settling in. You could see it in his body language. You could see in the way he was playing. He was settling in. He was getting more comfortable. It's something he told me. He he knew it. He was going to be fine if this kept going. He would have been able to get them into the playoffs. If he had to play out the last month there, I'm 
I fully believe that Thatcher Demko was growing into that role, and I think he's going to take another huge step next year. Again, like we we can both agree that it's very important that this team locks up Jacob Markstrom. You don't throw away your 1B MVP or your your guy who's the runner-up for your MVP, whatever you want to call it. But again, like, dude, there was a case to be made that Elias Patterson was the MVP last year. I, I don't know if you heard on the PatCast, like, J-Pat and Botch were just going at it about this, and it was pretty funny because J-Pat named him MVP, and uh, and Botch, again, was on the Patterson train again on, on that one. And again, that was his rookie year. And you look at what he's done now. Again, Markstrom took a step this year. Don't get me wrong. But you look at what Pedersen's done now. Now he's gone out and he's improved his game defensively. He's trusted by his coach in every situation. He's out there playing the tough matchups. He can do it. Absolutely no problem. He blew everything about a sophomore slump out of the water. And he elevates everybody around him. You have to be a special player to score 10 goals with Nikolai Goldobin and Louis the Anchor Erickson on your line. And that's exactly what Pedersen did in his rookie year. Now you put some real players beside him like Brock Besser and JT Miller... And you see yeah, what you watch me can... say about Goldie. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on free Goldie, but come on, we both agree that ship has sailed. Yes. Anyways, when you look at what he was able to do with JT Miller, again, dude, JT Miller didn't have a career year because oh, he just needed to come to the Western Conference. No, he had a career year because he was playing with Elias Pettersson, and it was such a good fit that this talk of like JT Miller not being worth a first, I don't get it at this point. Like, it's like. Maybe maybe the acquisition cost was a little much at the time, but do you really go back and undo that trade? No, you don't. Like if you do, I think you're just you're out to lunch cuz you have to take advantage of these guys on the ELCs. Like you can't just keep being bad when you have a player like Elias Pettersson. Like if Elias Pettersson doesn't have the rookie year he has, there is no way this team should go out and acquire JT Miller. You have an aging goaltender in Markstrom who's probably in his prime right now. These are his prime years. And again, same thing with Pedersen, and you've ha- you have Hughes on the way. There was no way they could justify not going out and making this team better. And again, that's something I think they're going to struggle with this offseason, is they really do have to make this team better. Because even with two MVP-like performances, make it four, even. You know, people want to include Hughes yep. and Miller. I'll extend an olive branch. Make it four. And this team doesn't even make the playoffs. They're mediocre. They're average. They're at the middle of the pack. I'm not even trying to throw out buzzwords here. I'm just saying, like, this is a statement of fact this team didn't make the playoffs. I think they would have, but they didn't. When the season ended, they weren't in a playoff position. And of course, nobody can blame them for not seeing COVID coming. We didn't see it coming. We were doing a podcast and the NBA canceled their season. We were like, is this going to be the NHL? And sure as shit, oh, I swear, sure sure enough, it was. And man, I just look at this team and I see that even with these guys, you know Elias Pettersson's going to take another step next year. The step he took this year was monumental. And I think it's a lot easier to point at Jacob Markstrom and say, most valuable player because of all the highlight reel saves he makes. But bear with me here. It's the little things Elias Pettersson did this year. It's not the highlight reel goals, which he had a lot of, and highlight reel passes and all these other stuff that make the highlight reels. It's not all that that makes him valuable. It's literally the little things that he does, making everyone around him better, getting hard on, getting back hard on the back check. Again, it's the little things with Pedersen that make him the most valuable player. I think if you're looking at it from, you know, just watching the games, sure, maybe I'll give it to Markstrom. But again, you have to look a little further. And I think Pedersen's impact goes far beyond, honestly, what he even does on the ice. Like, 
Patterson brings something to that locker room that makes everybody in there want to compete harder and makes literally everybody in the locker room better. They want to win. There was a playoff mentality. And again, Patterson has that mentality. He is a top 20 player in the league for sure. And he wants it more than literally anybody. And I say if you take him out of this lineup and you take him out of that locker room, the Canucks are looking at Alexis Lafreniere, which, you know, maybe not the worst thing in the world. But again, I think if you take away Jacob Markstrom and Thatcher Demko has to figure it out, I think he would have eventually. I'm of the opinion that he would have. And I know Jacob Markstrom held them in a lot of games that they shouldn't have been in, but so did Thatcher Demko. He played well this year. And again, When it comes to making the playoffs, the thing that matters most is wins. And when we look at their win percentages, 53.49% for Markstrom, 52% for Demko. Come on, man. One of those goalies plays in a starter's role and the other one doesn't. The other one plays once a week or three times in two weeks. That's a huge drop-off when you have to do that with a goalie. And, you know, like a lot of stuff you say about Petey is, is very true. He... He like he he's a great player. He had a tremendous season. I mean, like you try and knock any number or any statistic off of Elias Pettersson, and it's impossible. Like it's hard. There, there's no defensive stat that makes him look bad. There's no offensive stat that makes him look bad. He improved every single player. And you mentioned he didn't improve Jake Vertanen. And unless you look at the goal share with Jake Vertanen on the ice, it's remarkably higher when he's with Pettersson. Um, and I'm surprised you didn't mention the Quinn Hughes thing with Elias Pettersson that I sent you. I don't know if you want to rip on Hughes or not, but. That's a great one as well. But I'm looking at the stretch of games that Jacob Markstrom played from January 16th, right before he went back to Sweden um, to, to mourn the death of his father. Uh, but I'm looking at the stretch of games that he played, and he's averaging 40 shots against through seven games. And he somehow drags his Canucks team through that. That is the worst mud that you could go through as a, t- as a goaltender. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that, you know, unless you're playing for the Detroit Red Wings and you just happen to be hmm. losing every single one of those games. But... I don't, you know, I don't know where we're going to keep going with this conversation. Um, I think maybe people could just have enough of their own opinions at this point. Uh, since I took over hosting halfway through this episode, I wouldn't mind discussing a little bit um, on maybe where you sit on the JT Miller Quinn Hughes debate because people have mentioned those two guys in the MVP yeah. conversation as well. Yeah, and I know you and I were texting before this, and we were like, we better put out a disclaimer of why we're not arguing Hughes and Miller. And again, for for me, and I think I can speak for you on this one as well, from what we were texting. It's because Elias Pettersson made them better. I'm not... Again, you can look at all the numbers. Like, you just brought it up, Chris. Quinn Hughes without Elias Pettersson isn't Quinn Hughes. The Quinn Hughes we're used to seeing. And again, this power play where a lot these guys got a lot of their points. Again, without Elias Pettersson, it just doesn't happen. So, I mean, right. that's why I we're I couldn't not... believe that number that I sent you of Quinn Hughes at 5-on-5 five five without yeah. Elias Pettersson. Like, we look at Quinn Hughes every single year... And or I mean every single game, every single and we night, see yeah. him just dominate on the Corsi stats. He actually had a negative Corsi when he was away from Pedersen. I couldn't believe that, and I'm really surprised you didn't bring that up in this conversation. Well, I, I kind of brought it up. I just didn't want to go too much into stats because I said you know he makes Quinn Hughes better. But yeah, you're you're right. Like that was something that yeah, that's that's unbelievable that Quinn Hughes, this super rookie that we have, you know. He's not quite as good without Elias Pedersen. So I mean, you're kind of throwing me a bone there when you bring that up because again, like I think that just kind of adds to without Elias Pettersson, like Quinn Hughes isn't maybe in the Calder conversation. Maybe he's struggling a little more defensively and maybe he's struggling at five on five. Again, like it's a team mentality and having Elias Pettersson there 
greatly benefits literally everybody on the team. And again, like same can be said for Markstrom. So I'm not, you know, like it's funny because I'm the one that tells everybody that Markstrom's better than you think. And I'm the one that always sticks up for goaltenders because I used to play the position and I love the position. I've always been fascinated by goaltenders. But again, like dude, Jacob Markstrom, hands down, top two goalie in the league. Hands down. You put yeah. him you put Jacob Markstrom on Boston, you put him on Tampa, you put him on Dallas, those teams are gonna be just fine. Like they're gonna be better than they are right now. You put him there and he's gonna succeed. Which is why I think he's you know what? Like not a lot of people are talking about this. I think there's gonna be some teams calling on Jacob Markstrom this offseason. I would not be I think that Jacob Markstrom and, and I've heard people talk about this, whether it's on radio or people that are around organizations, Jacob Markstrom's a, a number one free agent on a lot of teams' yeah. charts if he does if he does get out there. Um and yeah, I, I think he's yeah, I think he's very impactful. I mean, I I have some other stats too, but I'm not. I won't get into it too much. Do you have any? Do you have a closing argument you want to put together for Pedersen here, or anything you just want to get in that you might have missed? I, I don't think I missed anything really. But on the topic of Mark, I have one. Oh, my final closing statement. Okay, and go I'll for give it. you a chance to to rebuttal or give your own after this. Sure, sure. A tweet that you mentioned earlier in this oh, episode. <laughs> Jacob Markstrom was the MVP of the first half, and the Canucks can't afford to take a step back in the second half. David Quadrelli, January 11th. You know what Markstrom did since that tweet? He went 8-4-1 and and had a 9-24 save percentage with a 9-40 save percentage at 5-on-5, while averaging over 35 shots in those 13 games since you sent out that tweet. Those are MVP numbers. Jacob Markstrom is the MVP. What did Elias Pettersson do since that time? I don't know. You're the one vouching for him. I'm not going to look up stats for everything. I already sent you stats. You didn't send me anything. I don't have the stats in front of me, but Elias Pettersson had a phenomenal second half. And again, he made literally everyone around him better. And you know that I've changed my stance on this. I used to be on the Markstrom as MVP. And then I saw the light, Chris. Markstrom is not the MVP over Pettersson. He's valuable. He's valuable, but he's not the most valuable. And again, I look at what Canucks fans have done in the past about giving the MVP award to the wrong person. Redeem Verbata got it in 2017. Twins got it twice. Naslin got snubbed twice. Once for Alex Ald, who was traded the next season with a 902 save percentage. Come on. Since January 11th, Elias Pettersson has 19 points in 23 games. Just so you know. But how much... How much of that doesn't show up on the public stats? You know this better than anybody. That, mm-hmm. Like, what did Quinn Hughes do since then? What did JT Miller do since then? Again, like, a lot of that doesn't happen without Elias Pettersson. And again, like, it's not all about the stats, Chris. It's not. And you know that. It's about his defensive game taking that next step. Like, Pettersson was phenomenal this year. And again, I think if you take him out of this lineup, the trickle-down effect is far more severe than it is without Markstrom. And I think it comes down to simply... Who would you rather have in your lineup starting next season? Would you rather have Markstrom or would you rather have Pedersen? The answer should be and is Pedersen. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll end it there. I, I think that the way that, oh man, that, that trickle down effect that you've been going through is so much greater with Markstrom and Demko. It's almost like you've been making a great point for me throughout this episode. And I no, appreciate no, that. No, 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 no. Dude, Demko would have, Demko would have figured it out. He was starting to figure it out. Like he had it. He was getting it. <laughs> Not as a starter yet, but he was definitely starting to figure it out as a backup. But he was a starter, and if he was given more of that opportunity, you and I both know we've been calling for Thatcher Demko to get more games since we started this podcast, since I was guesting on the podcast, before I was, you know, when I was still afraid to go back at you on things like this. It was, (laughs) uh, 
we were we were talking about it and you talked about it with botch like we demko needs to be given a shot he was in utica too long and he might be a backup for too long like one thing i mean okay here i'll let you close do you have anything else to add before we close up the no, argument no i'm good cuz i think uh, we can I, get I, I'll some... close out the show but i'm done with the argument now yeah. I've, I've made my case i know that people are going to be on my side uh, i will finish there <sighs> thank you you're just wrong though you're just wrong like okay anyways mm-hmm. let's let's get into the actual like some actual talk here cuz here's the thing like how upset does this make the Thatcher Demko camp if Jacob Markstrom gets, let's say, a three-year deal? And, I, you know, have teams learned from Sergei Bobrovsky? Is Markstrom going to be getting a six-year deal? Like, uh, of course, Oof. of course. Bobrovsky is a proven Vesno winner. But again, like, teams have access, Chris, to these numbers that you and I have access to, luckily, from Kevin Woodley. Like, dude, like, teams pay a lot of good money for those stats. Like, any team with an analytics department... No, and most of them do know that Jacob Markstrom really was one of those top goalies. So, is there going to be a bidding war? Like, honestly, man, I think COVID helps a little bit in not wanting to maybe cash in just as much. Like Chris Tanev talked about it recently. Again, maybe he was misquoted. That's what his camp saying, but you know we won't talk about that. Um, I would have loved to get it. That's a, that was that was an interesting little twist of events here. That was right. Over that was the past week, man. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. But again, like, dude, does this piss off the? Thatcher Demko camp because how much longer can you justify Thatcher Demko is gonna be 25 next season how much longer can you justify making him a backup like how much longer Chris probably all the way up into the expansion draft when you can't protect him you know so, you have to make a decision on Markstrom and Demko at that point and do they get enough games for Thatcher Demko to be in the conversation as the starter by the time we get to that expansion draft you know if Jager Markstrom keeps putting off MVP seasons I don't know if they can have that conversation because this is coming sooner than we'd think, right? Yeah. The expansion draft is at the end of next year, right? Yeah, you're right. Right? So, I mean, like, I don't think that you you don't just take away your MVP and make him not the starter anymore, you know? That's yeah. just, it just doesn't happen. So, Thatcher Demko isn't going to get that opportunity to become a starter here. And, and you know, it, it, it's too bad, but now the Canucks kind of have to fully invest in on on what they want to do in the playoffs right now, we, we've seen it, man. Like, we've already seen what Jim Benning's done when he goes out and gets guys like Tyler Toffoli, goes out and trades away, you know, Tyler Madden, signs a Tyler Myers. He, he's making a push for it right now. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a similar situation to where the team's at is what's going on with the goaltenders right now because you're not going to get a chance to see Thatcher Demko as a starter. We, we could have, and we got to see a little bit of it this year. I mean, when Jacob Markstrom had to take his leaves mm-hmm. and was injured near the end of the year, yeah. you got to see a little bit of it, but next year you're not you're probably not getting the same. You might, you're probably going to see less games from Thatcher Demko next year. I wouldn't be surprised. Which man, like that's a shame. Is it not? Like I'm not, I'm not no, saying, I'm not, well, hold on. I'm not saying you have to trade Jacob Markstrom or you walk away from Jacob Markstrom. In fact, I would advise the opposite. You don't do that when you have, again, who you and I have both said is a top two goalie in the league. Like he's one of the best goalies in the league, Chris. And yeah. we know that we totally know that. And you're not he, he, the crazy part is you can't even trade him. You're not going to get anything for him right now because he's a UFA. So they yeah. they can't trade him. So what do you do? Like next season, maybe do you look at trading him after you've given him a new contract? Like who knows, man? No, that's not happening. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So how much does this piss off the Demko camp if he plays even less games next year? Like I'm wondering how how unprecedented would it be for Thatcher Demko to you know turn around and say, okay, I'm not getting the opportunity I want here. I'm 25. Like I need to get some starts soon. I want to trade. How far away are we from that? Um, when's the NHL draft? Because like that is the time where you're probably going to get the most value for Thatcher Demko. 
November. You know, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's probably the Canucks' best trade chip. A lot of people want to say Jake Vertanen. The only thing is, if you do trade Thatcher Demko, you cannot call up Mikey DiPietro oh, yet. No matter no way. how good of a season he had in the AHL. You know, I was watching. I've been watching a ton of AHL tape. You know that I got this huge Joe Levy two part yes, series coming yeah. out. I I forgot about this one that, um, and I sent you this in a group chat uh, that that Mikey DiPietro lets up from just past center uh, on, a, on a knuckle puck coming his way, and it's just oh, like Dan Cluche. You know, you look at that, and and I and I brought up the stat earlier, and I, I find this stat probably the one that you know that I found so you know, that shocked me the most about Jacob Markstrom. And I don't want to keep going with the debate. I just want to bring up the stat, but he didn't let in one clear sight shot, right? Like that's, that's a huge thing for a goaltender to do. Cause that was Jacob Markstrom's weak point for a long time. Yeah. That might be the thing that Mikey DiPietro needs to work on the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of these goals that go in on DiPietro and you wouldn't expect them to be like low, right? Like near his pads. And yeah. that's where a lot of them are going in. You know, a lot of them are beating him low where he should be at his best. But, like, the best thing that we see from him is making these ridiculously athletic recoveries. And I think that that's a huge potential. But next year isn't the time to get him in. You're going to need to bring in another goaltender that's going to be able to play 20 games because Markstrom's going to be there for 60, you know, probably 60, 65 games, right? I'm very comfortable with him playing that next year for the Canucks. And the Demko situation is is tough because like, what is his value? You know, it's not the same as trading Corey Schneider for a ninth overall pick and landing your captain of the future. Exactly. You know, so is Demko only worth like, if I were guessing, is he worth a second and a fourth? Is he like a late second and a fourth? Like, that's what I feel like his value would be at the deadline or sorry, at the draft. What did Eddie Lack go for? Wasn't it a third round? It was a a fourth, fourth, yeah, third and seventh. I think you're right. It was either a fourth and seventh or a third and seventh. Yeah. Cause if Eddie Lack's going for a third and seventh, Right, that's why I think two and four is is value. It's market yeah. value for Thatcher Demko. Yeah, I think I think you might be hitting the nail on the head with that one. But again, like goaltenders go for more at the draft. But again, like man, if Markstrom wasn't a UFA, this would be a lot easier because I think you know maybe trading Markstrom and getting something really valuable in return is worth it. Right, like. Mm. You, you part I just ways don't know if you can't sometimes. trade him as a UAV, and I don't think you trade him immediately after <laughs> signing him because I think that that's the other thing. Like the expansion draft with signing Markstrom, you like Markstrom's going to need, I don't know if he needs it, but he's definitely going to be pushing for it, or his agent will for sure, that he needs to be protected yeah, in that expansion right. draft, right? So when you protect him in that, and you look at it, it's like, okay, if he's getting protected in that, he's probably getting a no trade to go with it. He's probably he's probably just getting a no move overall, right? Unless he wants to get moved, he's probably getting like a two, a three year deal with a no move on it. And there's no chance of him going at the expansion draft. You have to give up Thatcher Demko. Preparing for the future is the problem with Jim Benning because he's not. I don't know if he's going to look that way, right? Like I don't know if he's going to look down that road when this team is knocking on a playoff spot right now, and Thatcher Demko is a big piece to this team as the backup goalie. You can't, you don't want to trade that guy right now, right? But you need to look at the future. You need to recoup some of these draft picks that you've given up to get guys like Tyler Toffoli for the right here and now. Yeah, yeah. And you have a thing like Thatcher Demko where you can go out and sign a free agent goaltender for, you know, two to three million that's going to be be able to do what Thatcher Demko did this year. Similar to it, maybe not as good, and they won't have the potential like Demko has, but he'll be able to do something similar to what Demko did this year. You know, playing in a few games every every two weeks is fine. A lot of goaltenders can do that. And, you know, you get to work with Ian Clark. So maybe that brings you up a little bit as well. Totally. From the goaltender that signed. So looking ahead, it might be a really good idea to get ahead of this problem with the goaltenders at the expansion draft. And you're, you know, maybe you do have to trade Thatcher Demko at the draft. 
but maybe you have to trade Jacob Markstrom too, right? Like, maybe it's but good like, to get ahead. It just, I don't see it being possible because, like, with the contract, he's not going anywhere, and you don't yep. get any, and you can't trade him as a UFA. Yeah, you're totally right. And again, like, it's gonna have man, it's gonna maybe have to come like right before the expansion draft. Like, maybe they have to trade someone to Seattle to protect both. Like, there's so much that has to happen here. Like, man, I I just cannot see. Thatcher Demko going in. That's the that's what you just said there. That's the ideal situation. But yeah. it's like how much value is it to be able to keep Thatcher Demko? Yeah. And it's what is the rest of the league's goaltender situation looking like? Like, is Thatcher Demko the number one option by the expansion draft after he, you know, maybe takes another step next year and is really impressive and then makes you question, you know, if Jacob Markstrom is the starter for the next few years, if he takes a step back from what he did this year. You know, and Thatcher Demko takes a big step up. Is is the is the difference not much greater as it was this year? I mean, like it's it's a huge situation, right? It's a very tough situation, and if you want to cover them both, signing Markstrom to anything longer than four years really scares me in that situation yeah, because yeah. Thatcher Demko does have a lot of potential. Yeah, exactly. And again, like, dude, two guys who might be available. Well, one of them for sure is going to be available at the expansion draft. You know, of course, if a trade happens, they won't be, but. Tristan Jari and Matt Murray from Pittsburgh. Yep. That's an interesting one because let's say, for example, I, I'm I'm assuming, I'm assuming if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm protecting Tristan Jari and I'm giving up Matt Murray. Okay. So. Yeah. It's funny. It's too bad because Murray just did that to flurry, right? It's so crazy to think. I know, about. right? I know. It's hilarious. Um, But if I'm Seattle, right? And I have Thatcher Demko in front of me and I have Matt Murray in front of me and they could pick both. Don't get me wrong. They could pick both. Right. It depends who else. Like, the Canucks aren't really going to have, you know, when you look at who they, they're going to have protected, the Canucks aren't really going to have any position players that are going to be of interest. You know what I mean? Like, no forwards, no defense that are really going to be of interest to Seattle. That That's just yeah. my opinion. Like, I think all of the team's, like, main players are going to be locked up. You know, maybe Josh Levo might be available, and that might be someone that Seattle wants to pick up. But again, you're okay with losing Josh Levo at a certain point. You know, I think Jake Vertanen's name has got to be thrown around there as well. Depending on what they keep at forward group and how they want to maintain that, but, that group of forwards, I wonder if Jake Vertanen fits in there. But that would be him not progressing at all over next season. Yeah. So that that's the only spot I can see him being in there as well. But that's that's the only other name in the forward group that I would maybe be worried about losing. Yeah. Does Elise Patterson needs protection, right? Yes. Okay, but Quinn Hughes does so. not. Wait, does he? Because what are the rules? They played in a season, Wait. right? They ended the season. Three, two, three. I'm just thinking. Because contracts. No. Yes, you're right. He, yeah, Hughes is not going to need to be protected. Patterson is. So. But he played in the same amount of seasons as Patterson. Yes, but it was. You remember the ten pro games thing with Hughes? Remember? Mm, that's right. How he yeah, got hurt, right. and everybody's like, "Oh, now we're okay." But that was that was another thing that was pretty funny because I remember hearing Botch and J Pat talk about this on the Patcast uh, when uh, when Botch is like, "Yeah, we talked to Jim, and Jim was like, yeah, we've got it under control. Everything's fine.'" Uh, and then Botch is like, "But if Hughes didn't get hurt, like, I'm not sure that they would have like sat him out of those games, like." <laughs> maybe maybe they would have just played him and it wouldn't have been okay. And who knows? Yeah. Like who knows? That's a great great podcast. <laughs> right? It was. It was so funny. It was. Oh man, man, I miss Botch. Anyways, man, yeah. it's just like it's crazy because I just yeah like I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to start talking about Botch too much. But man, when when you look at what's happened this season and even what's happening right now, like with the Judd Bragg situation, man, we miss Botch, don't we? And having that mentor around, like. You know, you know he'd be right there 
helping us out like he did so many of our friends right like oh yeah it's just yeah i just i look at it like botch helped both of us get into the media boxes here with the botchford project and he would have done we would have been there for more than one game each uh if he was here that's what i just keep looking at that situation like he you know i feel like he would have yeah i don't know i don't know it's it's so crappy to get into and talk about but um yeah i look back on the better memories and you know like you mentioned like a lot of people in this market have stepped up uh and and tried to do a little bit more you've noticed it i mean yeah, I don't know. I could go on a soapbox just for a while. I probably won't in the pocket. We've been going on for a long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, we will wrap it up if you're good with that, Quads. Oh, yeah, I'm good, man. Rate and review the show, okay. people. I've Yes, rate and review the show. And by the way, we, we actually just recently had one. Uh, but before that, we didn't have one for a long time. So if you guys are listening to this on an iPhone, uh, we would really appreciate uh, you heading over to the Apple Podcast app. Easiest way to do is just go to the search bar, search up Canucks Conversation. Click it right there. You can do a review in like three clicks. It helps us a lot. It helps us go up the charts a little bit more. Uh, we've been kind of rolling around like the 20 mark. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because we've had some good guests. Maybe people enjoyed this debate. Uh, so that would maybe get us up a little bit as well. But um, aside from that... Uh, I just wrote a piece about Bowen Byron for Denver Sports. If you guys want to check that out, that was a lot of fun. I wrote that like two freaking months ago. Uh, so I'm happy that it finally got picked up and run by them. Uh, and I have a big, huge, 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 been watching so much damn video of Olya <laughs> Levy. Uh, two-piece uh, article coming up, I guess a two-part series. Um, the first one is the negatives. The second one's the positives. The negatives one is finished. And it was, I'll, I wouldn't want to say a lot of fun to write, but it was... It was, you know, it was tough looking back at this. I'm glad I got a lot of video footage included into it. I, I think there's like 15 clips or something in that first article. Uh, we'll see how much there is in the positives one. Uh, but the negatives one is done, and that'll be some stuff coming out early next week. What about you, Quads? You got anything going on? Editing your articles? I mean, yep, nothing much, that. man. Uh, I am working on something about Quinn Hughes' debut, which I'm really excited to uh, release. And then, yeah, I think, you know what? We might have to do a roundtable about who is the MVP of the season. I know Sean Warren's working on why Elias Pettersson was the MVP of the season. So I think that'll be great. Uh, and then, yeah, maybe we'll get a roundtable going because I know we already have you and Sean that disagree. So I think we'll have some differing opinions in there, which would be awesome. Mm. Uh, yep. And then, yeah, hopefully, ho- honestly, hopefully someone says like Hughes or Miller and presents the case for them because I know you and I kind of brushed it over that because we wanted to talk our guys, Pettersson and Markstrom. And uh, yeah, this was fun. I hope now we can go back to you being the Pedersen guy and me being the goaltending guy. Uh, I love me some Petey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love me some Marky. So it's pretty funny that we were on opposite ends of this debate. But it was, it was a I lot of fun. I think the hard part was like, I couldn't argue with a lot of stuff you're saying because I agreed with all of it. Literally you know, it's hard same. for me to argue. Literally aside, from the, aside from the little drop down thing you were saying, that oh, was ridiculous. I'm glad people, I'm glad you said that. Well, you're That's just good, for my, that. good for my argument. Dude, but, come on. <laughs> no, aside from that, we, uh, we do have an awesome guest coming on the show next week. We won't mention that until maybe later in the week or when we get the interview done. Yes. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun next week. And um, yeah, uh, other news. I talked to Cole Lind uh, on Thursday. He, he just mentioned that he's been golfing a lot. He's been keeping active, and he finally just got back on the ice uh, this past week. So he's real excited to get back on the ice. He said it felt so great. Uh, he said he was doing a lot of a lot of working out, you know, keeping keeping very busy uh, because he thought that this might be something that's going to be coming up for him. He's very excited to get back on. He said he felt great on the ice. Uh, so I, I would love to see him, you know, just get a little bit of a run with that Black Aces team, get some experience. I think that's going to be huge for a guy like him. Um, and Olio Levy is another one that I found interesting on that Black Aces squad. But um, – a little bit more to discuss probably in the next coming weeks as we have a month until the Canucks training second training camp. What do we would call it? Mini camp? What do you want to call this? Their thing? training camp. Their actual training camp. Yeah. Their actual training camp. Okay. We'll see. I, uh, I'm about to tweet out a picture. Day, you know, it was just under a month. 
Uh, and the big picture that I got from there was was Jake Vertanen in the middle of the scrum. Uh, I'm about to tweet this out, and I can guarantee all the because I'm going to ask, what do you think the big story will be at this mini camp coming up? How many replies do you think are going to be Jake Vertanen again? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be that'd be something. First player in history to show up out of shape to two camps, but Jake's been working hard. I've you know I've seen the videos driving on the bike, driving to the rink. Uh, I've seen yeah. his videos of that. He's uh, he's working hard. I I you know what I I, I root for Jake. I, I hope he does well. I do too. And then I think getting him into playoff action is huge, you know. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up. This might be the longest uh, longest little one one take we've gone on here, almost yeah, 50 minutes think so. uh, in this segment. But uh, good debate. We'll see what the people have to say. Uh, maybe we changed a couple people's minds. Uh, maybe we didn't. Uh, and a lot of people already think Markstrom's the MVP anyways. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what people <laughs> yeah, take exactly. from this. Honestly, I don't think anybody's ready to have their mind changed on this subject. I think everybody's, like, set in stone, basically, so I don't think we're changing That's the thing about Canucks opinion. Twitter is yeah. people people don't like having their minds changed so on this Canucks was, Twitter. This was a lot of fun. Uh, you it made was. me go from thinking it was one... Mar- or, or, sorry, you made me thinking it was, like, a 1-2 scenario to a 1-A, 1-B scenario, so you got through to me a little bit, but again, Elias Pettersson is still this team's MVP, Chris. Well, I'm glad I got through to you a little bit. You didn't do that to me, uh, so I guess I won the debate. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, anything else you want to close out with, Quads? I know I've asked you like three times already, but uh, no, you think, got nothing else. We'll just... I think we're good. Yeah, all right. We'll wrap it up here, guys. Thanks for listening to episode 84 of the Canucks Conversation. We'll be back. Go out and drink some parallel beer, buy some hockey cards, and uh, shave your balls. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for episode 85 with a very special guest who's going to be returning to the show. Uh, very excited to get him on the show. So for David Quadrelli, my name is Chris Faber, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.